What is up, Say What family? Good morning, good lunchtime, good afternoon, good evening, good dinner time, whatever time you are listening to this. Hello, <laughs> welcome back to the Say What podcast. I am so excited that you are here and that we are going to chat today. For those of you that I have not had a chance to introduce myself to officially yet, or if this is your first time listening, my name is Hannah, and I am so grateful that you decided to spend some of your day with me. We're going to talk about periods today. We're going to talk about menstrual cups, period sex, all the things of being a woman. Uh, But before we dive into that, I like to start off every episode with some life updates. Um, Just have a couple couple things going on, not, not too much. Um, and so let's just go ahead and get into that so we can get into the episode, but I hope when you're listening to this that you're feeling good because I know that you look good and if you look good, you feel good. Uh, anyways. Okay. So let's get into it. Life update. I went camping last week. So if you remember last week's episode, I said like, I'm going camping this weekend. I'll let you know how it goes. Well, It was so much fun. I really loved it. I had like a lot of fun with my friends and it was good to get away and not really be on my phone and hang out with my friends and just have quality time. Like that was awesome. But there was a like really, really bad storm and a flash flood. That's hard to say. And a flash flood while we were there in our tent. So our tent did not get rained on, thankfully, because we had a rain cover. But the storm was so bad. It was lightning, like, extremely bad. Like, it was basically bright the entire time in our tent. I mean, it was terrifying. The wind was really bad. It was super loud. So Thomas and I and Theo, our dog, had to go get in our car at one point because we were right, our tent was right under some trees and we were scared that we, a limb would fall or if the tree got stuck by lightning that we would get struck by lightning. So we ended up going to our car and then we stayed in the car for probably what, maybe like an hour and a half, two hours. And then we went back to our tent and stayed in there for the rest of the night. And it was just a hot mess. I've never honestly been scared, more scared in my life. I he was just praying the whole time, like, Lord, please keep us safe. Please have this be over soon because I cannot continue on the rest of my night like this. So it was, that was really scary. But besides that, it was super fun. Had a good time with my friends and it was just whew, really scary. Um, and then, okay, another life update is I had my gynecologist appointment. So I've been telling you guys that I have not gone back to the gyno since being diagnosed with vaginismus just because it went really bad and I didn't want to go back. Well, I found a new doctor and she was fantastic. So this is my encouragement to you that if you have a bad doctor, like go try again, try again to get a new one to see a new one um, because there are doctors out there that will see you, that will hear you, that will like support you and walk with you through this. And I'm just so grateful for the doctor that I had. She really listened to me and, and was really understanding with, you know, all the questions I had and just all the things. So it was such a good appointment. The pap smear was okay. Um, honestly, I feel like she went really fast. I think it literally lasted 30 seconds. Um, and I appreciated that, you know, it didn't take long and all is good. All is well. I'm good and healthy. Um, but the, the pap didn't take long and it honestly did not hurt like it had in the past. So I used to get pap smears and like scream and cry in pain because it was that painful. This time it was just mostly uncomfortable. I'm not saying that pap smears, you know, should be your 
the most fun thing in the entire world, but it was not painful, which was so good, and it was just mostly uncomfortable. So, but we made it. We made it through seeing a doctor. I advocated for for myself, and it was really hard and really scary, but absolutely worth it. And now I have a doctor that I can call and ask questions and all that. So, feeling really, really grateful for that. And then the last update is not really a life update. I'm looking at my notes like, wow, I must have felt really passionate about this. Oh, well, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. It's no no lie, no secret. And we finally got the track list for the new album, Red. And well, the re-released album, Red. And I am just so excited. And apparently I am excited enough to put it in my notes um, for the podcast today. Taylor's my girl. So I just apparently have to tell you guys what's going on with Taylor Swift too. Well, anyways, let's get into the episode. Enough about me. I am so stoked to talk about this topic because um, just bringing it up on Instagram for the little bit that I did, I had so many people respond and have so many thoughts and questions and comments and stuff. And so I think this is really super important for us to talk about. So today we are going to talk about period shame, period sex, and menstrual cups. So we're basically going to talk about all things period all things that women we have to deal with. Uh, And so part of being a woman is having a menstrual cycle, like we all have menstrual cycles. Um, But society expects us to literally act like it doesn't exist, which breeds so much shame. I just, I feel like a lot of us have gone through our lives just feeling so ashamed of our period, feeling so ashamed that we have to carry tampons or pads or cups like with us to go anywhere because we're on our period. And it's just like an uncomfortable thing. It's not natural when having a period is absolutely natural. It's absolutely normal. Uh, most women have a period. I know some women don't because of health issues or also um, birth control, but like We all have periods. It's something that is not a secret to the world, yet it feels like something we should be ashamed of. And I think that really comes from people don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. And when things are kept in the dark, we associate that with shame, with shame. So even if like, I don't think periods are shameful, um, but if we're not talking about it and it happens, then we do feel shame for it because we don't really know what that means or what's going on. And since no one's talking about it, then we just immediately feel shame. And so when things are coming in the dark, that's where shame comes from. And it can really deeply affect the rest of our lives. I mean, we're, most of us get our periods when we are in middle school, some elementary school, and those are like really, really formative years of our lives. And so if we're immediately met with shame, and that can really set us up for some not good years with our period. And so I know like if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, this is me. I just want you to know that you are not alone at all. Like I think so many of us have been in this space of like wanting to feel confident with our bodies and wanting to feel confident about this. Um, Like it's just something that happens and it's fine, but we still feel like ashamed of it and not wanting to talk about it. And I think there's some reasons why for that. So I really want to dive into that. Also, I did ask Instagram, like I said, for your thoughts and thoughts around this. And so I probably will reference that a lot during this episode because I think your your thoughts and your questions and your comments are important to me and important to this. And like I said, we're a community. We do this together. So I will probably mention that a lot. Um, 
And so the first thing I want to talk about is um, kind of goes with this person who responded to my question box and said that they were so ashamed they tell their mom they got their period and they felt so bad about it for some reason. And I think the some reason part is very important because I think a lot of us can relate to this, like feeling really bad that we got our period and not really wanting to tell our parents about it. And I think the some reason is because if our parents haven't talked to us about it, then we feel like something is wrong with us or it's uncomfortable. Or if we really have no education on our bodies, we could definitely feel like something's wrong and we don't really want to say something's wrong with us. And I think the reason also is like if we are not talking about it, then we just immediately feel shame and no one wants to talk about the shame that we feel in our lives, especially when we are in middle school, in elementary school and stuff is happening with our bodies. And, you know, you've seen tampon boxes that have like the, you know, um, the advertisement of like, you won't hear this rapper. This rapper is so quiet. You'll never, you won't hear it make any sound. And so it's not just like our families and our, our like, you know, immediate circle that makes us feel shame. It's the actual companies that can make us feel shame as well. Cause they're like, you know, keep it in secret. Here's your smallest, most compact tampon. That way no one has to know that way no one has to see it. And I think it also comes from that, like women are expected to be perfect and clean and pretty. And because of the shame we experience, we often feel the opposite when we're on our period, especially in the early years of having it. And what's interesting is like, there also is this desire that we have when we're young to fit in. Like we want to be exactly where our friends are at. We want to act the way that our friends are. We want to experience a thing that our friends are experiencing. And so if we hear that our friends are on their period and we haven't started ours yet, then there's another level of like shame of like, oh, well, am I not maturing fast enough? Am I not, you know, normal? Is my body not okay? And so even if, you know, the group of friends may feel bad about having their period or may feel weird, there's another group that feels like, well, I just want it to happen so I can be like my friends. You know, especially when we're young, we just are desperate to be normal and to fit in. And so it's like this weird balance of like, you know, feeling shame for having it and also feeling shame for not having it. And so it's super interesting because also everyone's period is different. Some pe- some people have severe cramps. Some people don't cramp at all. Some people cramp just a little bit. Some bleed a lot. Some bleed a little. Some ha- people have their period for seven days. Some people have their period for three days. Some people are on birth control to help and some people aren't. It's just like really different for everybody. And the lack of conversation around it really does breed shame. And then there's the other layer of like the way that men respond to it. You guys know, I'm sure you've had men in your life or just men that are in society make comments about being on your period or like, oh, that's gross or oh, that's disgusting when it's like, okay, yeah, there's definitely been moments when my period has like made me gross out. Like I'm like, oh, that was gross. That was a lot. But like for the most part, it's just what our bodies do. And we are not gross for doing it. We are not gross for menstruating. We are not gross for bleeding. It is just how it happens and what our bodies do. And it is like a part of being a woman and a gift of like being a woman. And yet men like to shame us and want to act like this part of our lives don't exist at all. And oftentimes I don't even think boys are taught 
anything about periods when they absolutely should be. Because if boys are taught periods, when women are, like, when girls are taught periods, when we're, you know, in elementary school, middle school, and I really think that would take away a lot of the shame that women feel because then boys would just see it as normal and that's just what happens and that's what women do. And that would take away a lot of the shame as well. And I, like, understand people, like I said, feeling grossed out. Like, like I said, there are definitely some times in my period where I'm like, oh my God, that was a lot. How did that come out of me? Oh my God. But, um, it's just like, but that, that, I feel like that's a little bit different because when we hear comments from other people and especially men, they're talking about like, oh, you're gross. You're disgusting. It's an attack on who we are as humans, not the act that is happening. And that feels really personal. That feels like, really, you know, shameful. It makes us feel like we're gross humans when we're all we are are humans. We're not gross. We're not disgusting. We're just, that's just who we are. Someone wrote in, um, when I was in college, my male housemate asked if I was okay because I was doubled over in pain. But when I said, no, it's okay. It's just my period. He was disgusted and angry with me. It just amazed me that if my stomach was hurt, he was prepared to be sympathetic. But when it's my uterus, he was angry and disgusted. I'll never forget it. I think that's the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like he was prepared to like help her or be sympathetic for her if she like, I don't know, had food poisoning or had some, some kind of stomach pain. But the fact that it was her period, it was like, ugh, gross. How could you, how could you be expressing some kind of discomfort for this right now? And like, was, wasn't going to help her and wasn't going to support because our bodies are doing what they are supposed to do. It's really, it's really bizarre because this is just how our bodies work. Our like women's bodies, we menstruate once a month. Some women menstruate and some people have un like unregular periods. And so they don't menstruate once a month, but our bodies are created hopefully to menstruate once a month. And it just like is what it is. And so I think we often uh, like attach some kind of label to ourselves and to our like, like into our cycles because of the way that society views it and views us. They don't talk about it. And when they do talk about it, it's probably not very uplifting. And even companies, like I mentioned earlier, try to make it some secret thing that you have to hide when it's just like reality. This is what our bodies do. It's, it's almost like matter of fact, like someone had messaged me and said, like, I talked to my daughters about this just matter of factly, like, this is what our bodies do. And this is how it happens. And this is what it called. This is what it's called. And this is how it works. And like, it's just matter of fact, like your body menstruates and this is how it works. Now, I think back to when I first had my period and honest to God, I think, I, I think I just like blacked out a lot of my childhood. I really don't remember a lot of it. I don't remember necessarily starting my period I do remember wanting a razor to shave which I definitely think that's something we should talk about one day is shaving and why we shave and how that late that you know has been put on us as well but that's a conversation for another day I don't necessarily remember starting my period but I do remember having a friend who started her period when we were in like third or fourth grade and I remember being like "Ooh, she's like not okay because she started her period but I honestly didn't even know what a period was so like I said menstruating is normal and it needs to be talked about but instead a lot of us were just given books or we weren't having any conversation at all. So like I I don't remember when I started my period and I really don't remember my mom 
ever talking to me about it. I love you, mom. This is not anything bad about you. But I, I just don't ever remember my mom talking to me about it. I was given the book, The Care and Keeping of You. It's the American Girl book. And I asked Instagram, asked you guys, like, how many of y'all got this book? And 57% of you said that you were given it and 43% no. That is like crazy how like down the middle that is. But like, I think it was like in the 500 number, 500 something of you said like, yep, I was given that book. And that is just crazy because I also, before I even mentioned the book, got a lot of messages from people like, all, all that was, all the information that was given to me was just a book. Like, here's this book, and go have fun and go read it yourself. And I do remember getting the book, and I remember like giggling through it, like thinking like, oh, this is this is so, ooh, like taboo and bad and whatever. And like, I remember laughing about it with my friends, but I really don't remember like reading it and taking it like, you know, like okay, this book was like you know, really insightful and helpful. Like, I don't remember reading it that way. I don't remember really learning anything from it. Now, I definitely could have, but like I said, I don't remember. And from what I've like seen in the book, that it is a good, resourceful, helpful book. I have seen that they're actually going to come out with like two versions of it. So book one and book two. Um, But I have not read those and have not seen them and not, and I'm not sure like, how many changes are in there. I do think they said book two is supposed to be more inclusive because in the books they didn't really include, um, you know, images or any information about, about girls with disabilities. And that's really important to include in different body types. So I think they said they're going to include that in the books. But it's interesting because a lot of us, instead of having conversations with our parents, we were just given this book and expected to figure it out on our own, which is so insane to me because we are literally bleeding from like our bodies. Like we wake up one day, and there's blood, or we're at school, and there's blood, and we have no idea what it is. We have no idea what what to do, who to talk about. Tampons seem really scary. Also, like, what are we supposed to do? I have no idea. Okay, uh, guys, as I'm talking to you right now, I am getting a flashback to my first period. Wow. Okay, I remember it. I remember it happening now because we are talking about it. I remember that I started when I was, like, on a vacation with my friends. Like I was hanging out with my friends and um, like was away. Not I wasn't at home. I was away and I had never used a tampon before. And they like helped me like insert a tampon instead of using anything else. Okay. I do. So I am remembering now and I'm remembering feeling like, wow, this is really invasive that this person is helping me, but I don't really know how to do it. And no one really talked to me about it. And so of course we feel shame when there's no conversations. And so like, I could talk about this, you know, in circles about why the shame is there. Um, But what's really important is what do we do about it? So I don't really like to give like advice on how to talk to your child about it, because you you guys know, we'll say all these things that we're going to do and how we're going to act as parents. And then when we're parents, it's like, different. So I try not to give advice that way, just to be fair and honest, because I, I I would like to think that I would talk this way. But I don't know, because I don't have a kid yet. So but this is something that I know that we can actively do now. Like, we talk about it. We talk about our periods, we recognize that our bodies are good. They're created by the Lord. And that is a good thing. Our period was created by God. I know that may sound weird or feel weird, but that is what it is. Our body was created by God. It is a good thing. Menstruating is a good thing for your body. 
Yes, it can cause immense pain, and that is not fun, and that is not good, um, but overall, it is good that our body does this, and so we as women have to start reshaming our brains around our periods. Like I, I got a message in from somebody saying that she had cried when she had her first period after getting married. So like she got married, had her period and was crying because she felt shame, like having her period around her husband. And we, and that just broke my heart because I don't want any other woman to go through that. I don't want any other woman to go through that. And so we need to become confident in ourselves, confident in our bodies. And just like matter of fact, say like, okay, I get my period. Sometimes it can be gross. Sometimes there's a lot going on down there and I don't love that, but like, that is what it is. This is a good thing that my body does. And I, it just is what it is. And there's no shame around it. So we really have to start changing the way that we view our periods and also stop labeling ourselves and as society's going to try to do and men may try to do like stop making it about us like deeply personally like how I said earlier they'll say like oh you are disgusting no you are not disgusting no you are not gross may this blood clot or like period moment be gross Yes, that does not mean that you are gross. That does not mean that you are disgusting. Because shame really likes to make it about yourself and who you are as a person. Shame attacks who you are at your core. And we're not doing that. We are not doing that. We are not feeling shame about ourselves and about our bodies. We're just not doing it. There's no space for it. So moving forward, like we talk about our periods. We explain to girls and to boys that it is normal and we explain how it works. I don't think I like really recognized like what my like period actually was doing until way into adulthood, like way into adulthood. Like, oh, that's why I bleed. Like that's how birth control works. Like, I don't think I ever fully realized it. And I just never like, honestly, my period for so long was just like a second, like not even in my forethought, like not even in my head. I would, cause on, cause I'll be honest, I only have about a three day period and it's pretty light. So I do get like, you know, some cramps here and there, but it's definitely not debilitating as I know it is for some of my friends and for some people. Um, and so I would just kind of like have it and let it go by and that was it. And, but now like as an adult, like I really do want to understand my body. And I think it would have been important for me to understand my body in middle school, in high school, like really understand how it works because that really does take away the shame. When we bring things to the light and we talk about them and we normalize it, that takes away the shame. And so when we explain to girls and to boys about how our bodies work, we also explain like what pain we could and couldn't have. You know, we explain like you may cramp, you may not. You may cramp also when you're ovulating because that's the other side of periods is you do ovulate. And so also explaining that part of it and how that works. I think that's very important when we're talking about menstruating in a woman's body to also talk about ovulation. And I, honest to God, didn't really understand ovulation until way into adulthood again. And when my friend was having a baby and I was, or trying to have a baby and me and I was like walking with her through that and learning, like, she was like, there's a very short window to have sex and here it is. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I, you know, the way that purity culture makes you think is that you just have sex one time and you're pregnant, which is not always true. So it's often not the case. Um, but we explain that we talk about that. We also explain what our options are, pads, tampons, cups, period underwear, free bleed. Like there are a lot of options for us when we are on 
her period. And, you know, thankfully, other options besides just pads and tampons are coming up in conversation, but they haven't always been there. And I think that's really important to include those as well to, to normalize that, like to normalize other options, discs, that's another thing. And so there's so many options for us out there. And we need to like be taught that we can try different options until we figure out what works best for you. You know, sometimes like pads may work best for you and that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. I also think there's shame around what kind of, you know, what kind of what you use when you're on your period, what kind of, um, I was trying to think of the word. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but I think there is some kind of shame around like, Oh, if you aren't using tampons and you're not, you know, you're not a good enough woman, which is terrible because obviously I know throughout my vaginismus journey that not everyone can use tampons and everybody wants to use tampons. And we really have to start normalizing that whatever you use is okay. If it's working for you and not causing you pain and not harming you. Like if all you ever want to use is pads for the rest of your life, great. That's awesome. If all you ever want to do is wear um, period underwear, that's great too. Like there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It really is what works best for you. And I know like I mentioned free bleeding as well. And that's like a newer thing that I've, you know, realize that a lot of people, a lot of women do as well. Like they'll just free bleed into their underwear. And if you have a light period and that doesn't cause any, you know, harm to, I guess your underwear or your pants, like then great do that. Like there really are options out there for us. And I think we just need to normalize whatever works for you works for you and stop shaming people for what they do and how they have their period. And especially if we start explaining it to boys, like when would they are taught about their anatomy and also explaining to them this, like in a way that they can understand in a way that's non-shameful, I think we'll raise a generation of men that do not shame women. Hopefully this is the goal that do not shame women and that feel like completely normal around periods that feel completely normal talking about periods that don't feel like they're disgusting, that don't feel like they're weird. It's just like, again, matter of fact, this is what your body does and this is how it goes. Like we all pee and poop. So we all pee and poop and women have periods. It just has to be that like matter of fact and simple. And if we just take away the big deal, the big secret from it, hopefully we can get to a place where we feel confident about ourselves and our bodies and we can help, you know, we can start shifting our brains around and we can also start, you know, if we have, if you work in a room with men and it's like, if, you know, I, this is this is the hard part, though, because like I also work around men and I don't know if I'd feel super confident, you know, saying I'm on my period. I'm not necessarily saying like you tell everybody you're on your period, but, you know, if it comes up, it just is what it is. And you have to work on not, you know, not feeling shame and other people have to work on not shaming other people. And also when we're talking about it, we have to create a safe space for questions and support because I know there's like a million questions around this like so many questions about our bodies and how they work and our periods and ovulating and everything in between and so we just have to be able to create a safe space for people to ask questions to ask for support and just not shaming anybody so ladies we are going to work on becoming confident in our bodies viewing our periods as even if they cause you immense pain like I'm not saying the pain is a good thing and I'm not trying to be all toxic positivity because I am not about that you guys know that but 
I want us to start like viewing our bodies in a good light, in a good way, and just shaping our our thoughts that way rather than I'm gross, this is bad, this is disgusting. Like, no, because that's that's not true. So start saying which true over yourself and what's true over your body and just becoming confident in that. So I think we can do it, friends. I want to encourage us to do that. Okay. All right. I have just a little bit when I talk about period sex. So no one ever told me if period sex was like good or bad, if it could or couldn't happen, like if that was even safe for your body. I had no idea. I had no idea if people had sex when they were on their period, if people didn't have sex when they were on their period. I really like didn't know. I just like literally did not know if it was okay for your body or not, which goes, you know, deeper into like, I didn't know about my body and all that. Um, But I really didn't know. And what I really just wanted to spend a second talking about period sex is that like, we, we need to stop like telling people, you know, what they can and can can't do with their body when they're on their period. So like, if period sex is something that works for you, then great. And you, and you and your partner like feel super comfortable with it and feel super comfortable talking about it, then that's great and fantastic. If when you're on your period, you feel like the world is being ripped from your like from your body, if you feel like you're dying every moment of every day and you're like, I can't imagine anyone touching me and having sex in my period, okay, then don't do it. And that's totally okay. I really do think it should be up to every couple like what they want to do about this. I I just thought it was like one way or the other. I honestly thought people either had sex when they were on their period or they didn't have sex when they're on their period. But what I have, what I'm learning and what I think is important is like I said, like every couple should make the decision for what is best for their life, their bodies. And some, like I said, some women are in so much pain when they're on their period that they can't imagine doing anything else. They can't imagine like even having sex or looking at somebody because they're in so much pain. I don't experience that. I actually get really turned on on my period. I actually really do want to have sex on my period. And so we do that and, it, and it's fine and great. And I actually really love it. I think it's extra lubrication and you know, we love all that. So I think it's great, but, that, but that's what works for me and my husband. Like that's what works for us. And he's okay with it and he's comfortable. He's like, yeah, it's your period. Like it is what it is. That's just what your body does. And so because of his mindset on it too, like we're able to do that. And we just, y'all already know we use a towel anyway. So there's, there's no change there. Um, but what I wanted to spend just a little bit of time talking about is that like, if you do have sex on your period and that's okay and you guys both feel great about that, then good. If you don't have sex on your period and y'all have talked about that and that is like where you're at, then that's good. I just don't want there to be any shame for people, you know, in their decision on if they do that. If it works for you, then that's great. If it doesn't work for you, that's also okay. And I do know that they make discs for you. Like a disc is another type of um period like thing that you can use while you're in your period that apparently you can keep in while you're having sex so I will be honest I don't y'all know I use a period cup so I have not tried a disc so I can't fully speak on how that goes but I do have friends that use discs and they keep it in during sex and they love it and it's not as messy as it would be without one so that is also something to look into I know flex the brand flex they make a disc and so if that's something that you're interested in um then definitely look into it I unfortunately don't know a lot about them um so I can't really speak into it but I did want to mention that that if you're interested in trying to find a way to have sex while in your period if you know you don't want to use tampons you don't want to use a cup because you can't have those in while having sex then look into a disc 
Okay, let's get into the last part of this episode, which is talking about menstrual cups. So before we dive into this conversation, I want to say that whatever works for you is the best option. Whatever method you use when you're on your period, like I said earlier, pads, tampons, discs, cups, free bleed, period underwear, that is what is important. Like that's great. I am going to spend time talking about menstrual cups and why I like them and why they're the best option for me, but I don't want this to cause any shame into your life, and and I don't want you to feel any shame for if you don't use menstrual cups, okay? That is not what I'm trying to do here. That is not at all what I'm going to do, but I did just want to say that, like, use what method works best for you, but I am going to spend time talking about menstrual cups because I had a lot of shame, like, a lot of like eh, around them before I use them. And so I'm hoping by me sharing, it can help you if you're interested as well. So I remember years and years, not years and years ago, I'd probably say maybe three or four years ago, I had a roommate and she would use a period cup and we'd talk about it and she would tell me all the benefits for it. And I just was like, I am just grossed out by myself. Like by my, I'm, I am grossed out by myself. My body grosses me out. The idea of seeing my period blood grosses me out. And I was not in a space where I was comfortable with my body. I still didn't really know much about it. And I was like, I don't know. That just, I just feel like that would gross me out. And so I never wasn't interested in it. And honestly, wasn't interested until the last couple months, mostly because I just hate tampons. I feel like they always hurt. I, like I said, my period is really light. And so I never really know if it's going to go like, a fourth day or a stop of a third day. And so I would always, you know, wear tampons to just be sure because I didn't want to go through my pants and I would um, like use tampons and they would hurt so bad because it, if it's not fully full, like that, that pulling that tampon out hurt. And so I just didn't like the toxicity of them either. And I, I know that they make organic tampons and all of that. And that's great. And I just honestly had never tried them. I kind of went from like, all the toxic ones to the cup, but I was just tired of that. And I wanted to not spend money on tampons anymore. Basically, I was like, I'd rather just try the cup out because you buy it once and then you're fine. You use it forever. And I just, I want to do that. So I was tired of it. And honestly, like I said, the last couple months, I've gotten so confident in my body. I'm like, my body is beautiful. The Lord created my body to do these things for a reason. And while I I, it's interesting. I don't usually get grossed out by blood. Like I can see blood on TV. I, I'm watching all the doctor shows. Like none of that bothers me, but my own blood would bother me. And so recently I'm like, you know what? I just had some label on myself that I was dirty and gross and that's not true. And so I kind of got to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable if I see my blood. Like that's not gross to me and it's fine. And it doesn't, label it doesn't mean that I'm gross so I really got to that headspace and decided to try a cup and I also will be honest I'm going to talk about the cup that I use which is pixie cup and they they sent one to me so they did they were like we'd love for you to try our cup if you're interested I would love to send it to you and so I was like oh okay a company is sending me a cup I think it's time to try it and I really liked this one because they donate a cup to a woman in need every time a cup is purchased and so you're also giving back which I think is really cool but I'll talk about them at the end of the episode because um if you're interested in cups I think they're the best <laughs> um but it is an affiliate link I'll be honest about that but so th that's why I was like okay I'll try it. So I started looking into them a little bit more and I realized like you can leave a cup in for 12 hours like you can leave it in literally for 12 hours, which is the majority of your day. Um, it doesn't hurt me. Like after, 
you know, trying it out and figuring out what works for me. Like, it doesn't hurt at all, unlike cotton tampons did. Um, I'm not having the toxic chemicals in me, and it is much better for the environment because I'm not, like, throwing them away. I'm just keeping my cup and cleaning it out, and it's fine. And so I, those are all the reasons why I really love my cup. I think it's super easy to use. Like I put it in the morning and then I take it out before I go to bed. And then I do sleep in like, they're either panty liners or pads at night because I really don't bleed at night. And so I'll use those because I don't want to have my cup for no, honesty, honestly, no like real reason I don't wear it at night. I just don't want to. So I use pads at night, but I like put it in before I go to work, take it out when I get home, like when I'm before I go to bed and it's like super easy and they're super easy to clean. Like you can even buy sterilization things where you can like put it in and the machine like sterilizes it for you. You can boil them. You can use soap and water. Like they're really easy to clean and um, they just, they don't hurt at all. Like um, tampons did. And so, but I will say the key to menstrual cups is finding the right one that works for you. So they make cups that are all different sizes, all different feels for different body types. Like they make cups basically like, or at least my pixie cup and also all different brands in general will make I mean, there's so many different options. So if you have a um, tilted cervix, they make cups for that size as well. If you have, if you don't bleed a lot and you would need a small cup, they make really small cups. If you bleed um, more than you have, they have cups for that as well. So there really is different sizes, different shapes, different options for you. So I do think the key is to finding the right cup that works for you. So I tried a small, so with a pixie cup in particular, I tried their small and then they have one that they call Lux, which is was their smallest one until they just have a new one out. And so they had one that is for uh, Lux, and it's like uh, skinnier than their small. And so that works for, you know, people who need that as well. And then I recently have tried their teen size cup, which is their smallest cup. It's their softest cup, and it is like perfect for me. And so it took me a couple different sizes to find the one that works for me. And so the one I'm using is, I mean, it is tiny, guys. I know that when we pick up menstrual cups, we look at them and we're like, how in the world does this fit inside me? Well, guys, think about it. A baby comes out of there. <laughs> we put a penis inside of there. And there's a lot more room up there than what we think, okay? There really is, honestly. There's a lot more room up there than what we think. So think about it. I know it looks big and it's like, there is no way that this could go inside me. Well, then maybe you do need to try a smaller cup. So I, I use a tiny cup. I'll post a picture of this week so you can see it. It is very, it is very small. And I, I mean, barely have any blood in that cup. And I swear, like I, I used to think that I would just bleed so much until using the cup. And I was like, oh, I actually have a light period. Cause I would go through tampons over and over and over. But then using this, I'm like, oh, I really don't bleed that much. Like it doesn't even come close to filling up. And so that's really nice as well to know where I'm at with bleeding. Cause I just assumed that I had bled a lot and now I'm learning like, I don't think we bleed as much as we think we do, but it really is. The key is to find the cup that works for you and to not give up. So I talked about this in my last episode. I'm going to talk about it again. Menstrual cups, like it's like learning to ride a bike. You're going to, you know, 
The first time, you're probably going to fall and it'll be painful, okay? Second time, same thing. Third time, you got it. You really have to continue to figure out which cup works for you. So, And you also will try different input methods. So there's different ways that you can fold it. There's a bunch of different ways that you can fold the cup to get inside you. So it really does take patience. It takes time to learn how it fits best in your body and how you feel like you it works best for you. So I do, I think it's called the C-fold, maybe? I can't remember what the name of it is. But I do a certain, I figured out a certain fold, and you literally would just, like, take your fingers, you do the, you can fold it how you want, and you take your, I use, like, my pointer, my middle finger, and my thumb, and, like, stick it in me. And usually you can, like, rotate it a little bit, and then the suction will open up. And it just opens inside you, and it stays there, and doesn't move. Um... Now, some people have messaged me and said, like, but the, the little, like, stem on it hurts. Well, then maybe try pushing it up a little bit higher. That might be why. So, the stem sticks out a little bit for me, but I don't feel it throughout the day. So, it's, like, not a big deal. Like, I don't feel it. It doesn't hurt. So, it, that's just kind of where it sits for me. But you have to find what works for you. So, try different try different folds. Try different um, sizes. And don't give up because it really does take some time to learn how they work. And then, the big thing. Everybody is scared of being able to get them out. You're like, this is going to get stuck inside me, and then I'm going to have to go to the doctor, and they're, they're going to have to get it out for me. That's going to be traumatic, and I'm going to die. Now, I know a lot of us have had those thoughts. That's totally fair. I understand. But I will say, it is easier to get it out than what you think. Um, my The biggest thing that I have found that helps me get it out is using my muscles to push it down. And you're like, Hannah... I'm just learning how my body works because I've been listening to the same podcast and I'm just learning how my body works and I don't know what you mean. Use your muscles to push it out. Think about pooping, okay? You know, when you go to poop, you like do that motion with your muscles, right? To poop. It's a similar thing, okay? And so you just act like you're going to poop and you'll be using those muscles to like push it down and that'll help lower it and you can literally stick your finger, your, or your pointer finger, your middle finger, and your thumb, and just like clamp it together, and that'll break the seal, and then you pull it down and pour it out. So it's like one motion, which I'll post like a um, tutorial on my Instagram. I got to figure out how to do that, because obviously I can't show you of my own, um, but I'll figure that out. So I'll post a tutorial on my Instagram, but basically you just like clamp it, pull it down, pour it out, and then I, I will, this is how I do it. I, I like, obviously I'm sitting right next to my toilet. And so I'll just like immediately put it in my sink. And I always like clean my sink afterwards and after I clean it out. And so I just stick it right there, clean up, then I'm good to go. So um, I, there's also people have found that it works better for them to squat when they take it out. Like actually squat on the ground to take it out. And then they obviously don't pour it out immediately. They'll just like pull it straight out and then dump it out. Some people pull, like pulling it out better standing up with their leg like propped up, you know, and that's how also some people feel better putting it in is to do it that way to have their leg propped up. Um, some people feel better sit just sitting on the toilet and putting it in. So there's different options that you can try. It definitely is not a one size fits all. So I just want to encourage you, you can do this, friends. I know it's scary. I've also had some questions from people about menstrual cups and vaginismus. So I was very hesitant about trying this with my vaginismus because I was like, there's already a lot going on down there with my muscles. Like, is this going to be one more thing? Like, I know I can use tampons, so should I just stick to that? And I decided, like, 
all the pros of the menstrual cup outweighed my like cons of being nervous about it. So I decided to try it. And with, you know, having a history of vaginismus, it, I think it works better for me than tampons, honestly, because you don't have to take it in and take it out like you do tampons. Cause you, you probably go through what, like, I don't know, three or three tampons a day. If you're actually on top of taking it out when you should, you know, maybe four, some people too. I don't know. But with the menstrual cup, since you can leave it in for 12 hours, it's just like, morning and night, you know, only one time in and out. And so that like lessens the amount of you having to go into your vagina, which I think is really helpful. And um, I have secondary vaginismus or I had secondary vaginismus. That's type two. So I can insert things. And so for me, it was easier. Now there are some people with vaginismus who can't insert anything at all, but want to want to try the menstrual cup. Um, I encourage you to try it. I don't know that it, you know, I, I hate saying that because I'm like, I'm not a doctor and I don't want to say like one time won't hurt, but maybe listening to this, this will help maybe encourage you to try it. And if you do have a doctor that you can talk to, I definitely re recommend you asking them about it as well. So, and th guys, there are a million tutorials on the internet. Like for real, I, I've been wanting to purchase like a 3D model of the pelvic floor so I could do a tutorial for you, but those are a lot more expensive than I thought they would be. So I'll have one of those one day, but there are videos all over Instagram, all over YouTube that are super helpful in showing you like tips and tricks of how to insert and how to take it out. So you're definitely not alone in figuring it out. I don't think that they hurt at all. I will say the first time I like pulled it out, like the very first time using it, I did cramp a little bit in my stomach, but that's the only time that has happened. I have not experienced cramping since. So I don't know if my body something else was going on. I'm not sure because I have not experienced any kind of cramping since then. So, but I do want to like disclose that, I guess. But um, I really do think that like if you have vaginismus, using a cup is possible for you. I have found it significantly better than a tampon. Um, it's also softer in your body. That it's better. I think it's better for you than the cotton because the one that I use is like a really, really soft material. And so I feel like it's just better for my muscles than the cotton was. And so I, I think you can do it. I, I was really encouraged that it works for me, especially after having vaginismus. And I, I was excited to tell you about it. That way that could encourage you as well. So there's all the menstrual cup stuff. I, I currently use my pixie cup. It's my favorite. I love that they give back to women. And uh, I think, I mean, you buy one and then you're good for forever, you know, if if, you, if the first one worked out for you. Um, but I definitely think you guys should check them out. I love that they give back to women. I think that's super important. And if you use the link that I'm going to put in the episode notes, you can get 15% off your purchase. So you get a deal, which is great. And you're supporting me, which I personally think is great too. So um, you can look into that. And then also, as we're talking about periods, I can't talk about periods without telling you guys about my Jovi patch. I talk about Jovi all the time. I absolutely love it. It is a patch that mutes your menstrual cramps. So if you're on your period, you can put this patch on your stomach, on your back, and it literally takes away the discomfort. Like it mutes the discomfort. Like you don't see it. You don't have it. And it's like you don't feel it. It's really wild. It doesn't numb you. It just goes away. And I cannot go through my periods without my Jovi patch anymore because it just saves my day. Like... I can get up from the couch because like I said, I do have cramps. They're not as debilitating as other people, but I'm not stuck on the couch anymore. Like I get back to my life because I don't have the period cramps. So you can also click the link in my bio to check out the Jovi patch and you will get 10% off your purchase with my code 
as well. Okay, friends, I hope this was helpful for you today. I hope this was insightful. I had a great time chatting with you about periods and period shame and period sex and menstrual cups, all the things about being a woman. So I love you so much. I hope that you have the best day ever, and I hope that you are feeling confident in your body and see your body as good and a gift from the Lord. And friends, we will talk soon.